Welcome to Zoom Disputed Fantasy Football. I'm Evan. I'm Frankie. I'm Matt. Uh, and so today we're going to be going over some of the biggest headlines from this past week in fantasy football. We're a couple days from week five starting. And so the biggest story from this past week was Cam Newton getting COVID-19. And we still don't know. It looks like he could be able to play this weekend against the Broncos, which they're not a great team, but the defense itself is fine. Um, you're probably going to play him in most of your leagues uh, unless it's a pretty shallow league. So Cam has been good this year as a quarterback. Um, it does definitely depend on if he plays, it does affect what they'll, they're going to do with running back and wide receiver and how playable those guys are. We did see uh, Brian Hoyer has been a guy who's been able to play in relief a little bit um, and be a serviceable quarterback, but that was not the case Monday night. And so if Cam's able to play, I think it does make a guy like Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry, guys like that, much more playable options in the league. But we'll find out more in these next couple of days. Yeah, and you know, go, going off that, there's a, a couple, I think, guys that kind of emerged last night uh, coming off of the Cam Newton, um, you know, being sidelined because of COVID. Um, you know, one guy in particular, Damon, Damian Harris, really emerged as a, you know, a viable running back option um, in your league. I think he could be kind of a back-end RB2, maybe a flex, um, depending on your league. And I think, you know, as a PPR option, he's not going to wow anyone um, necessarily as um, – you know, he had no receptions last night, but uh, put up a decent, you know, 100-yard game. Um, and then also Nikhil Harry, um, like you mentioned, Evan, he um, really showed himself as, uh, you know, he's a, he's a young, uh, you know, obviously a young receiver. But I think really when he comes out of his shell, he has, you know, the opportunity to be, again, maybe a flex option in your league. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of the, like the playability of a guy like Harris really does depend on if Cam plays because with how poor the passing attack was, they really needed a running game. Uh, and also you have a guy like Cam who's really good on the goal line. And so they like to give him carries inside the five. And so if Cam's out, I think Harris is a great daily play as well. Exactly. And, you know, with Cam Newton, he's going to run the ball a lot if you're by the goal line or not. And he's really going to take away a lot of those yards. Um, you know, there was a couple weeks ago, um, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I, th- I Cam Newton was the leading rusher for the Patriots in their game, you know, which goes to show you kind of how Bill Belichick will run that offense um, with him in the lineup. So, yeah. I think that's really just like a, a early Sunday morning move, you know, to put mm-hmm. um, Harris or, or Nikhil Harry in your lineup, really, um, just depending on who, uh, who's at QB. It, it, it is interesting to see because we've seen Belichick put running backs in out of nowhere, and then people get, like, really excited about him, and then you just never see him again. And so it will be interesting to see because he's very weird about how he uses the run, and that's probably the, big, the only issue I would have with putting it for, for getting a guy like Harris and even any of the pa- guys in the Patriots backfield is just because there is that unpredictability with Belichick, but you definitely saw the talent is there with a guy like Harris. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing too, is that, you know, with uh, James White coming back from, um, you know, the, the, the it, correct me if I'm wrong, that is James White with the, uh, who kind of had like the tragic. Um, yeah. He, yeah. He had know, his, uh, his family members. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, I think he played kind of, it was a limited role last night since that was his first game back in a couple of weeks, but, I think once he gets going to, he may, you know, steal some carries, take some carries away from, from Harris, which is something to look for. Like you said, it, the New England backfield is kind of, I mean, in, in most leagues, I would tend to stay away from their backfield just because it's so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Matt, you got, I was going to ask Matt, you got anything to add to that? Yes. Last year in one of my leagues, I had Sony Michelle and I was unable to make my draft that night. So I had to like, auto rank players and I had Sony Michelle pretty high and he just disappointed. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of leads to the point about the Patriots backfield. You just don't know. They have a committee of guys and that's one of the things you kind of want to stay away from committees 
just because you don't really know. There's not really the consistency there because they don't really have necessarily clear roles cut out. Um, and if we move on to the running back position, there were some injuries uh, to some pretty big fantasy players when Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler both go, both injured. Both will be out for at least a few weeks. Uh, Frankie, got any replacements for that for them? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Chase Edmonds, I think, is a good, um, maybe not top of the line guy, but I I definitely give him a look. Um, he should be available in a good chunk of your leagues, um, especially with his next couple matchups um, against the Jets and against the Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys have really struggled on, on defense um, so far this season. I mean, you could argue they easily could be 0-4 as a team, um, you know, if they would have, if the Falcons would have recovered the onside kick um, in, in week in uh, uh, earlier in the year, but um, he's a good option with a good couple of matchups and he's put up um, uh, decent numbers in previous weeks. Uh, second option, uh, like we said, is Damian Harris. If you need a flex option though, to replace um, wanting those, one of those running backs, um, T Higgins is a good option. Um, I really think that Joe Burrow is really coming into, um, you know, getting get comfortable in that, in that offense. I think it's only going to improve. Um, and T Higgins has really shown, um, you know, that he can be a trustworthy uh, wide receiver in your flex um, scoring 21 points uh, in week three against uh, Philadelphia and 13 in week four against Jacksonville. Yeah. And you talked about the Dallas defense and that also leads into the next guy when it comes to Dak Prescott continuing to put up crazy fantasy numbers had 38.3 points in standard leagues this past week. And like you talked about, the defense has been kind of a wreck and I don't know if it's going to improve just because the talent they have, they're in, they have a lot of injuries. They have some guys on the defense who just aren't that good. And because of that, Dallas has been throwing the football a lot. And Dak is a guy who tends to rack up a lot of fourth quarter stats when his team gets down. But in fantasy, that doesn't really matter. They all count the same. And we've kind of seen what he's been able to do when it comes to putting up. He's putting up massive yard yardage. He's uh, scoring points. And that's kind of what the Cowboys are going to have to do if they want to win, just with how their defense has looked. And so that's a guy who I can see his play continuing to stay at this level. I don't know. I mean, probably not 450 yards a game, but I think he's going to continue to be one of the best fantasy quarterbacks because they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. And we also had Ezekiel Elliott. They were kind of a split 50-50 run pass team early on early on in Dak's time there, but this is the first year the offensive line for Dallas does not look good. And that kid does affect the pass, but it also really affects the run. And so Zeke hasn't even been as serviceable as the Cowboys would want him to. So it's want him to be. And so it's really been Dak Prescott. who's taking control of that offense and they're going to need him to have some heroics if they want to make the playoffs. And the East is enough of a mess that the Cowboys really might be in. And so that's a guy who will continue to be on the top of the quarterback board. Yeah, absolutely. And it, Oh, Matt, go ahead. Yes, and I was just going to say, like, if you're lucky enough to find Latavius Murray on the free agents in your league and you need to replace one of your running backs, pick him up. I know the Saints have Kamara, but Murray is still a good option. He still can perform well when the Saints put him in. But otherwise, I'd say really looking to Naeem Hines if he's available. He's got a lot of potential for PPR leagues, and he could end up doing well down the stretch. No, absolutely. And also, um, Evan, with the Cowboys, you know, it's, it's really remarkable. It, it, you know, Dak Prescott really is a good, um, you know, from a fantasy perspective, it's a really good quarterback to have considering that they're going to be down. You know, if, the, if these first four weeks are representative of, of the rest of the season, they're going to be down a lot in games. You know, this week he had over 500 yards of passing. That just shows that they're going to be throwing the ball a lot, you know, especially like you said, if their offensive line can't block, they're going to be, you know, kind of uh coming from behind more often than not which 
it just makes Dak Prescott a, a really a fantastic option. And and then one of the things is with the offensive line is because one of the, they would like to run it on first down. Zeke would get four or five yards, set up the second and five, and it kind of just sets the tone for the drive. And they haven't been having as many of those runs. And so that sets up like we're talking, you know, third and eight, third and nine. So he's been forced to make more deep throws anyway. And that's something that early on in his career he wasn't doing as much of. And so that that's a, that's a really good point that you're making there. So. Then uh, we were talking about some running backs. Uh, you talked a little bit about the Bengals and Joe Burrow, but Joe Mixon, we've been talking about him for years. He's kind of been, he's always been really talented, but we just haven't seen the fantasy production. And a lot of that's a product of having a poor offensive line, but put up 36.1 points in a st- in standard leagues. Yeah. You know, I think they're, I think it's really a testament to just how Joe Burrow is going to change that offense. You know, I, he, I, just watching him at LSU, which, you know, he really does have a, uh, uh, pro style, you know, way of playing the game, which, um, you know, I think is good. You look at a lot of quarterbacks, you know, um, you know, Lamar Jackson, for example, he's obviously um, become a star in the league, but, you know, people were unsure, you know, he had, he had more of a, you know, college style way of, of playing the game, but I think Joe Burrow's just way of playing, um, you know, pocket passer, but he can also scramble too, which is important. And I think um, that, you know, with the play action pass, it's really going to end up setting up the run. And, um, you know, they're going to use the run, sorry, excuse me, to, to set up the play action pass. And I think that's really just going to open things up for, for Mixon and really just the offense as a whole. Um, you know, and you never know, Mixon could, uh, you know, become a, a good option in PPR leagues too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 42.1 um, you know, points Maduro. in PPR. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that for many, for many years, I, I was always very leery to pick him up, you know, to draft him um, in leagues just because he never performed up to his potential. But no, I think now, you know, this year with, with Burrow and, you know, in the years to come, I think he, he really is a good option. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still don't think, like, I still don't see him as a, like an elite, elite fantasy running back. But like you said, in PPR and with a guy like Joe Burrow, I think Joe Burrow knows his weapons and he knows, and Mixon is a good pass catcher. And so he got, he got him catches. And I think that's, he's going to keep getting targets. Um, and, you know, there does, there is an element of that comes down to the offensive line. And if they're not going to be able to create holes, uh, you know, he's not going to have the big plays. He's not going to have the touchdowns. He was able to create some big plays, but if nothing else, I think in PPR leagues, he still has, you know, he's a, has running back one potential just because of his pass catching ability. Yeah, absolutely. And then for one of the, the last games of the week on Sunday night football, we finally saw George Kittle back in action and he put up 40.1 points in PPR leagues on uh, standard leagues, a little bit, a little bit less, but still put up 25 points, ridiculous, uh, ridiculous production. He was targeted a ton. Uh, and I think I, he's one of the few guys, he actually benefits from having backup quarterbacks because Jimmy Garoppolo likes to spread the ball out. But you kind of saw Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard are much more limited quarterbacks, so they don't feel comfortable throwing the ball around and spreading it to a lot of guys. And Kittle's the only elite offensive weapon that they have at the moment. And so you saw they were targeting him consistently. And and every player, I guess, is dependent on their targets. But Kittle especially, I mean, he was targeted 15 times and had 15 catches. And so they they showered him with targets. And I think that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, we don't really know what his status is, but I think that's a really good play in like daily leagues if he's uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo's out because they're gonna have to keep showering Kittle. You, you remember when Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL? That that was Kittle's best season. Kittle broke the single season tight end receiving yards record, and I don't think uh, giving one guy all the targets is necessarily gonna win you football games. But from a fantasy perspective. I think that's a great guy until Garoppolo comes back. And I still think he'll be good then, but I think these next couple weeks, this is when his potential is at its highest. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, with, with having Nick Mullins as their, as their backup, you know, backup quarterbacks often 
heavily rely on their running backs and tight ends, you know, to kind of boost them and, you know, get them through tight ends are usually, you know, an easy target. And so, yeah, especially in those PPR leagues, I think Kittle is really going to rack up the receptions until, um, you know, Garoppolo is healthy and can come back. Mm -hmm. And then also with, Oh, Matt, you can go. Yes, for sure. Um, Kittle, he's just a monster and he's just done so well throughout his four years in the league. And I, as you said, he did, Amazing when Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt throughout most of 2018, but I think no matter who it is as his quarterback, I think he'll continue to have some great production heading forward. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a high-end tight end one regardless. I think he just – his potential becomes even more when Jimmy Garoppolo is out because you also think – and I think this season more so than last year because – the Niners love to run the football and their defense was good enough. They would be controlling a lot of games. The defense this year, you can't lose Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas for the season and Richard Sherman for at least, you know, we don't know. He'll be, he should be back pretty soon, but you don't, you can't lose those guys and expect to have the same level of defense. They still have a good coach, but I don't believe they're going to be winning as many games by as much. And I think they're going to have to pass the ball more and Kittle's such a willing blocker. They were able to utilize that, but I think he will, he might be even better for fantasy purposes down the stretches this season. So any, any closing thoughts, any thoughts for, um, for the week five matchups, you guys? Yeah. You know, okay. So here, here's one thought I kind of have, you know, you know, if, if we want to talk about our own personal fantasy teams, I think, <laughs> I think the viewers can relate or the listeners can relate. Um, okay. So here, here's one of my situations. I have T Y Hilton in my flex and he has not performed. He has not scored over 10. Po- I'm in a, a PP one point PPR league and he has not scored above 10 points once this year um, so far. And I'm just really torn about really, it's really the whole Indianapolis um, offense, you know, with Phillip Rivers, you know, Phillip Rivers just hasn't really played that well. You, his age is kind of catching up to him. You can tell, um, you know, while they're winning games, it's just it fantasy wise. I don't know if, if their offense is, um, you know, has an abundance of options. Um, so I don't know, Matt and Evan, I decided I'd bounce this off you guys. So I have currently T.Y. Hilton in my flex, not thrilled about that. Um, you know, Corey Davis, I, I, I have a lot of guys on by this week, so I don't have a ton of options. Corey Davis has, has put up decent numbers. Um, you know, he's coming off of the bye because the Titans had um, a, a COVID outbreak. Um, they play Buffalo. What do you guys think? So uh, Corey Davis against Buffalo or T.Y. Hilton um, against the Browns, who um, don't have a great pass um, defense, but, you know, the Browns in general have a good pass rush with Miles Garrett, which – might make it tough for Philip Rivers to get the ball out very often. I mean, I'd say, um, I mean, Davis definitely has a more difficult matchup taking on Buffalo, but I would say I probably think Davis, I mean, we haven't seen Helton play, you know, his numbers have all, have kind of been declining over the years. And he was, he was good when he had Andrew Luck for sure. But uh, you saw, you know, Philip Rivers hasn't really targeted him and there's not really a, I don't know what the reason would be for that because it, Indy, it's not like they have receivers and they've had a lot of guys go down as well, but 13 catches through four games uh, hasn't had over 53 yards. Um, you know, I think the only reason I'd maybe lean towards T.Y. would be because of the matchup. I think Buffalo is going to be a tough one, but I also think they're going to be, I think Tennessee is going to be passing it more and you still have AJ Brown was still, you know, a little bit, bang, a little bit dinged up. And even if he plays, you still have, you, you know, he's still a little bit dinged up. And so you'll have, targets that will probably go to Corey Davis so I would lean towards that a little bit but I don't know I don't think either of them are great plays this week yeah no I, I agree Matt you have any thoughts on that yes um 
picked up A.J. Brown in the middle last season in one of my leagues, and he did very well, and he did well enough to where I avoided last place in the league, but I picked up A.J. Brown in so many of my leagues this year, and he has just been injured so much that it's just not nearly as much production as we saw last season. Mm-hmm. And well, and one of the things is, is that even though AJ Brown has been, hasn't been healthy, um, Corey, Corey Davis had a great week one against Denver, but the last couple weeks they've been, you know, 36 yards, 70 yards. Uh, it hasn't been monster production. And we know that Tennessee does like to kind of split, uh, split the run and the pass. They like to pound it with Derrick Henry as well. Um, but even if AJ Brown is back, I think I like Davis because he at least has proven he has somewhat of a role. Um, I mean, Hilton, I mean, the, Rivers doesn't really have a connection with Hilton, and I don't know what that is, but we're four weeks in, and you got to start thinking if we're not seeing it now, it may just not be there. Right, yeah, right. That, that might be true. Okay, right. so I think that's about it for this week, guys. Thanks, y'all. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week.